Yo, can you hear me? Yo, yo. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Alright. Are you hearing a lot of background noise on my end? Ah, uh, nah. Alright. Nah, nah, that stuff muffled out. Nope, you gave me high sound. Yeah, you, you, you're pretty clear. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes, sir, we up in here. I sound. I'm, am, am I clear on your end, right? Yeah, no, nah, you perfect. All right, good. Yeah, you perfect. We tapping in, y'all. Dope kids, the dope kids. Episode one podcast. Chief Kamachi, Minister of Defense. Tap in. Let's go. Ha ha. What it do, bro? What's going on? So we will. Oh, we want to jump right in with this first show. Um, tell us, tell us a little about yourself, man. For the people who don't know nothing about you. Yes, sir. Chief Kamachi, underground hip hop artist, Philly, straight out of Philly. Been in the game since. Ooh, man, we've been in the hip hop game since the early, early '80s. Talking about like uh, six years old, seven years old. Damn. You know what I mean? Started breakdancing, graffiti, you know what I mean? So, 30 in this game right here. <laughs> what, what was what was what was the, the hip-hop song or particular album that put that spark in you know, that wanted you to, to wanted you to do that for a living? Mm, well, the first, let me see, the first album, uh, First album I was really that I really started listening to was um, LL Cool J album. I'm bad, so I used to actually go to sleep listen to that album. Had the little gray, had the little gray boombox, little tape player joint, and I used to have that tape. My uncle had that tape. I pop it in, you know what I mean. Fall asleep listening to the Bristol Hotel, you know what I mean. So yeah, so yeah, so since then, uh, yeah, that was really it. That was like one of the first, first albums, you know what I'm saying, besides Run DLC. Really, Rockbox, I think, I want to say. When I heard Rockbox was one of those songs for every fucking body. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean? But um, then after I seen Crush Groove, man, it was on. You know what I'm saying? Crush Groove and B Street, you know what I'm saying? So that whole, that whole, you know, that whole, Era, you know what I'm saying, was special because number one, it was all new, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. It was, it was new, everything was fresh, but I seen Crush Groove like twice, I think back to back. I seen it once, I went with my cousin, mom to see it, and then I went with my uncle to see it. So I had seen that twice in like the same month, you know what I mean? So I remember was, me and my brother, I remember me and my brother, yeah. Merv, we seen it at the Capitol Theater that was on Dry Avenue. Yeah, yeah, you remember yeah, the Capitol yeah, down there yeah, used yeah, to yeah, have yeah. the rats and all that shit in there, man. So me and him, we was young as hell. We, we would sneak in there. Sometimes we ain't had no money. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when we did have the money, we would go and watch that shit like three or four fucking times before we had to go home, man. Yeah, and then yeah, the Capitol man. played like, sometimes they would play more than one movie, too. Black dude on that joint, right? I don't know who owned it back then, but I I know I love going there. That shit was cheap, and I got to see the classic hip hop movies. I got to see uh Wild Style also there. 
Man, they played wild style at the Capitol. Yeah, they played wild style at the Capitol. Wow, I ain't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, the Capitol was right up the street from my grandpa's house, right around the corner. But I, ah, wow, I ain't know that they played wild style there. I ain't see wild style till later on. I ain't see that when it first came out. Wow. Yeah, I, I seen see wild style wild, later on. Wild style and breaking one. They actually was playing them together as a double feature. Damn, wow, 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 wow. Wow, yeah, that's that's definitely Philly history right there, boy. Capital Theater, 52nd, um, 52nd and Gerard, right? Yeah, it's 52nd and Gerard, yep. Yeah, 52nd and Gerard, yep, that's classic. Classic throwback Philly history. But yeah, man, Crush Groove and B Street, um, one and two, um, yeah, but they, they was really the ones that set it off, you know, right there. But after I seen Crush Groove, and that was it, I think. I think that, that turned it up, you know what I mean? You see Run, you know what I mean? You know, everybody wanted to be Run, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, that was that was the well, I, know, I, I want to ask this question. Nobody wanted to be DMC. Why not? Uh, good question. I don't know. I don't know. Cold on the rhymes, man. Yeah, nah, DMC was cool, man. I don't, I don't know. I never, you know, we wanted to be run, though. Run and just DM, seemed like... DMC was rocking the black leather gloves and all that shit. DMC had a little swag. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like run was the leader. You know, he had the, he had the finesse. He had the, he had the charisma. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Run, run had that energy and that charisma, yeah. and he made he made himself known too. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, who's house? yeah you right. Whose house? <laughs> Run's house. <laughs> Run's house. Even though run in front and D's house, nigga said it's Run's house. Oh man, listen, listen, that was crazy. When you really think back, that was crazy, right? Like, damn, why wasn't why wasn't DMC a part of that house? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, man, wasn't like he was just no hype man or no shit. No, 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 no. He put his work in, you know what I mean? That was, he, they was the three amigos, you know what I mean? He put his work in. But, uh, yeah, Run, you know, Run was the ball, though. He, you know, he was that ball. So, uh, you know, he was attracted to Run. You know, he was, he was, he was the ball, you know what I mean? And then LL, too, you know what I mean? So, you know, you, you know, dudes, you know, Talking about uh, you know, uh all of the making rap for the ladies and all that. Come on, man. LL a legend, man. He built his whole career off of that. You know what I'm saying? Ladies love cool J, baby boy. You know what I mean? So when when you when you started rhyming, did you feel like you had to put a song out for the ladies first? Or did you feel like you had to show your peers like I'm a dope MC? Like which was it first? But Shit, I was already rhyming when I was in the fourth grade, so we didn't think none of that. We was just putting words together. Okay. So we didn't, yeah, so we didn't even, it, 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 you know, we was just trying to be dope and just, 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 just do, just do it. You know what I mean? And we ain't really had no intent at that time. It wasn't because it was all new. So you know, it wasn't we wasn't persuaded to like, you know what I mean, to do this or do that. It was just we was having fun. And that's how it all started, you know what I'm saying? Right. It all started just having fun, right? So that's the early hip-hop was about rocking the party and having fun. That's what we did. 
So it wasn't until later on, you know, when we started getting into the lyricism and, you know what I mean? Where it started to get a little serious for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But initially, we just having fun. Yeah, you right. So, around that time, everybody, you try to break dance and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. My main thing with my, with my brother was going around from neighborhood to neighborhood and, and battling people and break dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was Serious, yeah, but that all that's a part of the the b boys and shit. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I came up with b boy. I think I won. We I won my first break dancing contest when I was six. So you know, me, my man, Fat Chris, little Dermy. I think we got like a trophy. You know, what I mean, we had a uh, a break dancing contest in the, uh, at the playground, and uh, we was in it. And plus, we was heavy in the gymnastics and stuff like that too. So that was second nature because we was already flipping on the dirty mats and all that. You know what I mean? So right, it was, it was a dirty mattress in every neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we already, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So we already flipping on the dirty mats. We already um, so spinning on our heads and doing that was just second nature to us. So you know, b-boying was like we was already doing that with gymnastics. Gymnastics was like a form of b-boying to us at that time. We looked at it both as the same. You know what I mean? But so you talk okay. about six years old. That's when I got my first trophy. Matter of fact, and, and then the next, I, yeah, and then I run a rap contest when I was in fourth grade in school. So I'm already writing mm-hmm. lyrics and shit like that. With the rap about. Yeah, it was a it was a no smoking contest in school. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, no for a guy who turned around to be a smoker and shit. Yeah, yeah, that was the first contest. And crazy thing, my man, my best friend at that time, recently we got after like man, thirty years or so, and he sent me the lyrics. He actually remembered the lyrics to the song. To the, to the, it was like a verse, like a little eight bars or something. He remembered the lyrics to it. He sent it to me on Instagram. He still remembered it 30 years later. He's like, wow, you still kept with the rap shit. You was already good in fourth grade. It's crazy, right? Dang. You know, yeah, I don't know how many guys was actually really doing hip-hop back then. You know what I mean? It then kept doing it all the way from there. So from fourth grade all the way up until my 30s, I really never had a break. Wow, that's that's fucking amazing, man. Yeah, so it's yeah, about time, time, about time I met you. You was about ten years old, right? Yeah, 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 yes, sir. Shit, you was already a seasoned veteran then. At that point, yeah, I already been rhyming for like fucking nine or eight years already. That's or amazing. At least, at least attempted to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, at least attempting to, you know what I mean? Yeah, so um yeah, I go back that far. I go back that far with it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's a part of me. It ain't you know, we ain't even talk about being hip hop, but that wasn't even a concept. We just did it. It wasn't like what's real hip hop. It was everything was hip hop. You you right about that. Right. You right about separate, that. It wasn't no separation. <laughs> we listened to everything. Yeah, you're right. And it was a it was a variety to listen to. Everything we just listen to one. You wasn't stuck with just to listen to five artists, man. Yeah, I yeah. feel sorry for like kids now. And you got about five or six dudes that they actually listen to. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, we listen to everything. I listen to everything. I had a wide. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had a wide range of musical tastes back then. Listen to all the West Coast music, all the Midwest, anything that was out, you know, we was listening to because it was all new to us. So we had was, no it, was your um was all your influence strictly hip hop or did you have any kind of other music influence like rock and roll, R B or anything like that? Oh uh, well shit, you gotta remember we eighties baby, so you know the next that, that music was Michael Jackson. That was next. Exactly. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm saying? So we want to be Michael Jackson next. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I definitely had the leather jacket, the gloves, and all that. And, and I could do the dances. You know what I mean? And I could do the dances. That's how much of a megastar Michael Jackson. Listen, I was right there when he first came to Philly, performed at JFK Stadium, and they was out there fainting. Never seen nothing like it in my life. Never again. You've seen grown men just falling out and a man step on stage. He ain't even opened his mouth yet and they fainting. They ain't never seen that again. Never seen an artist wield that kind of power over the crowd before, ever in my life. <clears throat> yeah, so Mike was heavy, you know what I mean, back then. What? He was, he was heavy in the streets with Mike. All right, so now... We you're talking about you, you, you getting a little older. You you starting to get more and more influenced by hip hop and uh the, the sound of hip hop. Like um, when you got older, what, what who was the artist that made you like? Okay, I I really want to do this. <clears throat> Man, rock Kim law. So with Rock, Rock Kemmel, the artist that said that made you say, "I really want to do this." Yeah, yeah, Rock Kemmel, that was it. You know what I mean? But really, before that, it was like Big Daddy came, but Rock Kemmel turned on a different kind of switch. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying so. Okay. You know, Rock Kemmel. When I first heard Rock Kemmel, it was like, "Whoa, what's this?" You know what I mean? Because number one, it, it was he, he 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 was coming with a different message at that time. We ain't never heard before. Right. Right. Yeah. Everything about it was just different. The energy, the aggression, you know, I me, mean, the style, everything was just everything was magical about that moment when Rock Kim hit the scene. And so, you know, that that was it. You know, I, I practiced Rock Kim being Rock Kim <clears throat> in the mirror, in the crib, standing in the mirror, reciting his songs like I was him. You know what I'm saying? The crazy thing about it, when I first heard him back when I was younger, the rhymes was like going over my head outside of certain songs he had. Like mm -hmm. I felt like micro microphone theme was was easy to catch. Like you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Certain lyrics he had that's completely went over my head. So therefore, he wasn't my favorite MC back then because mm -hmm. the rhymes that he had was so complex and was going over my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you it's, know. I don't... Not until I got older. Where I really started appreciating him, like, God damn, this motherfucker is, is a monster on his fucking microphone, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, you know what's so crazy? I don't even, um, I'm trying to think. I don't even remember if I really understood, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't even understand. I don't even know if I really even understood what he was saying back then, but I just connected with the vibe. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't think yeah. Rakim, I don't think Rakim knew the totality what he was actually spitting back then either. I don't think he really knew how impactful that them lyrics was at that time either. That like follow the leader was like incredible, incredible. Yeah, follow the leader was incredible. Yeah, yeah, follow the leader was incredible. You know what I mean? Incredible. Really, um, when I first seen that video, uh, followed it. I watched it. I watched it. I watched it hundreds and hundreds of times, and I was like, "Man, this voice!" And it was like, if anybody voice, you know, because one of the things about hip hop is about the voice, right? You can't buy right. that, right? You can have all the dope lyrics you want, you can have the beats, but if you ain't got that voice, you really ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying, if you ain't really got that voice, you ain't got nothing. You, yo, yo, oh, we got the oh, the big homie just tapped into the Dope Kids podcast. With the the dope, dope Kids, what's dope? Hey, 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 what's going on, good brother? What's good, champion? Yeah, All yo. is well. Yes, the, <laughs> we got the we got Big T, the Minister of Defense. You know what <laughs> I mean? We That's got the librarian. We got the librarian up in here. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Rap W, the Rap W D, the boys up in this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad you tapped in. You know what I mean? He just, yeah, the Minister of Defense. He, you know, we just going over my early history in the game. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. um, some of my influences, you know, coming up. And I know you know. I know you on time, man. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we talking about Rakim. We talking about the guy right now. Right. You know. His influence and um, yeah, yeah. Rockin' was special, bro. I I remember when I first heard Rockin'. At least, at least, I remember, like you know, the feeling of experiencing Rockin'. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like you know before Rockin' Cast was rhyming a certain way, yo. To me, at least, I'm talking about from my perspective. Yeah, Do you so, mind me asking, um, how old are you, brother? Can you tell us? I just, uh, I, tw- I just had a birthday, the 29th of December. I'm 49. Okay, so that's that's letting the people know that you've heard a whole bunch of MCs and artists yeah. coming Most up. It's not like you just getting in and hearing new hip hop. Most of them, if not all of them, that are decent. Seriously, you know what I'm saying? Ubiquitous with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just the expression, just the, the art of rhyme in itself. You know what I'm saying? Like it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just hearing all of them, but going through the progression of you know, the styles and, you know what I mean? Like when I heard Rakim, though, just sticking on the topic, man, shoo. Yeah, yo, no, yeah, nobody was rhyming like that, yo. When I heard joke. Yeah, and see, you know, now hold up now. That's what yeah, I'm saying. See, that's what I was about to follow up on, right? So when he dropped, when he dropped yeah, um, Microphone Fiend, right? Right. When he dropped Microphone Fiend, and you seen the little young boy came on the stage dancing. Yeah, it man. Like, it was like, okay. Wow, that was hope right this. there, yo. Yeah, it was like, because I'm, I'm, I feel like I was that young boy at that time. You understand what I'm saying? I was that around, you know. So right. It was like, what is this? Like, and I right. really connected. So Rock Kim became, he was my catalyst. If there's anybody I wanted to be at that time, that was him. He was the supreme soup. He was soup, the black Superman to me to me on music. Like, at that he time. just was so he just was so cool, so, so serious. Cool. Right. 
Yeah. He never, he never, he never, I never seen Rakim get too, like, get excited. Or, you know what I mean? Look like he was out of place. He always knew what he was doing, just always on point. And and you know what I liked about him more than anything? Mm -hmm. That we didn't know nothing about him. Right. Rakim was anomaly. He didn't do interviews like that. Whenever I got a chance where I could catch him, you know, you could catch him. But other than that, he wasn't out there like that. He was kind of damn near on some some print shit. Right, yeah, mysterious. Yeah, he was mysterious. He was very mysterious. Stay mysterious, right? But that's how. But you know, everybody. You know, what I'm saying you got to come to God a certain way. You know, what I'm saying he was. You know I mean, the he was appointed God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's like yeah, he was. That was a whole yeah, man. That was dope. Yeah, you couldn't. So. You couldn't come to no BS. Right. You had that face. Like, don't even come over here with that bullshit. Yeah, I don't even right. really answer you. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Like you beneath me, we coming over here with some stupid ass shit to say out your mouth. Yep, that's the vibe he had. Yep, so you know what, bro? Vibe he had. Like I'm not playing. I'm not no I ain't no joke. The song says right there, I think, y'all. I think I think Rock Kim. Check this out, Mosh. Check this out. Check this out. Remember what we were talking about last night? Regarding the uh, you know, uh 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 like the father mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a father of this, you know what I mean? It's like Rakim, you got to call him a father, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Got, yeah, like, he's the father of the game, no doubt about it. Yeah, you know I mean, especially if you're going to call him God, right? Yeah, he was, he was, because he was the first rapper that was, that's the God MC right there. Right. Right. He took on that. He just, yeah, that was given to him for a reason. You know what I'm saying? But, that so like going back big t what you was asking me you know what i mean so now you kind of think okay at this time when i'm first hearing you know rock him i'm coming up in the game it's now we you know we, we had a certain age where we trying to find ourselves too right so right. now you got rock him just painting a certain image right he's saying certain things and i'm repeating these things understand what i'm saying they yeah. in my mind right i'm taking these jewels in right and they working they working overtime Right, because I know these lyrics like the back of my hand at this time. Right, right? I don't know what all this means yet. You know what I'm saying? But I know it means something, and I'm connected right. with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm connected. Yeah, absorbing it like a sponge. Yeah, yeah, I'm connected <laughs> with it. So, right after that point, you know what I mean? T. Uh, so yeah, so now you know it's Rock Kim, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting. May, may I say something about that yeah, real quick? Mm-hmm. All right, regarding Rock Kim, you know, um, like his whole, like he said it, like his style, his swag was actually Coltrane, no Philly, mm, because he was in the jazz. His pop was a jazz player. You know what I'm saying? So his whole vibe Perfect. was like Philly. Wow. Like, wow. Like, you know wow. what I'm saying? So, so you know what I mean? It was a love he thing. He rhymed, you know what I mean? He hit the notes like Coltrane when he was rhyming and stuff. That's what he envisioned himself. Like you know Coltrane. Like, like, like his whole, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's, yeah, real. You know, we grew up right around the John Coltrane house, too. Exactly. Yeah. The vibe, yo. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know what I mean? It, it was, the vibe attracts it. It's a, it was already attracted, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you know, so I, so yeah, T. So that was, you know, that was um, that was the first, you know, that was the first major catalyst. Is like, okay, that's who I'm gonna be. 
If I'm gonna be anybody at, at in, in hip hop, then that's who I'm gonna copy right there. So I got another question for you. So at this time, uh, Karis One is out also. So mm-hmm. why was it why was it Rock Kim and not Karis One? As far as like mm-hmm. that drew you more to him and not Karis One. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm. Let me think. Um, now, Chris, both, Chris, both, of, both of the MCs are on the top of their game at, at this around this time. True, yeah. Chris. Um, you know what? Let me let me backtrack a little bit. Um, now, nah, Chris, Chris played. Now, nah, Chris played a pivotal role too. He do, he did <clears> play <throat> a pivotal role too because Chris Great was question. really he was really the first. You know, he was really the kind of the first conscious rapper. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was out in your face with it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That I, you know, for you know, for me, right? Chris was <laughs> always in your face with it, like you know what I mean, on the you know, on the uplifting side of things. And um, so I knew Chris, you know what I mean. I was down with BDP and all that, you know. I knew all mm-hmm. them albums too, you know what I mean. They, they, that's a part of you know, that's a part of my 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 uh my repertoire. But Rakim just he just broke the mold for me, and then and then you still still remember once no I'm still in love with G Rap I'm still in love with all these guys but Rakim was the one, right right I'm in love mm. with these, yeah but Rakim was the one it was like okay I'm gonna hold on to this right here you know what I mean for whatever reason but I'm gonna tell you later on so what happens later on right I'm about thirteen or so right about twelve or thirteen so. I meet this guy with my cousin and um, never met him before. We, we just hanging out, boom, boom. One of my older cousins, he about 17, 18 at the time. So dude asked me, he said, yo, what's your religion? I was like, huh? What you mean? I ain't, you know, I ain't think about it. I grew up going to church. Right. I don't know. I'm a Christian. He's like, nah, you ain't no Christian. What are you talking about? I was like, huh? He's like, no, nah, you know what I mean? So you got to understand this. You know, it's the 85%, a 10%, and a 5%. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. right? This is the first time I ever heard this in my life, right? So I'm like, huh? So I'm sitting here in my mind, but I'm attracted so to what he's saying. first time you come across one of the yeah. gods. Just the first time I come across one of the gods, right? So I remember asking a couple of questions. I remember my cousin asking him. He said, um. He said, you read Message to the Black Man? He's like, yeah, yeah, I read that. And that's the first time I heard that book, mm-hmm. right? So I said, Message to the Black Man. So now I felt kind of stupid. Because I was like, man, this dude asking these questions. I don't know none of this shit. Like, I felt kind of dumb. Like, damn, I ain't learned none of this. Like, it just immediately, it was immediately a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I remember it's like, hold up, I need to find out some answers or something. Number one, nobody, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because I, I mm-hmm. couldn't even defend myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what is he talking about? I need to find out. I remembered the name of this book, right? So I go to a Kibalon bookstore, right? On Broad and Airy, right? Legendary Kibalon bookstore. Mm-hmm. It was there for years, right? And I go to the bookstore and I see Message to the Black Man. On it. I said, that's the book right there. I'm going to get this book, right? I ain't had no money. So you know what I did? I went home. I collected a couple of my comic books, right, that I knew was worth some money. I took them downtown, hopped on the train, right, took them downtown, sold the comic books, came back wow. uptown, came back up to a Kiba line, and I bought. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say you stole. You stole the book. Nah, uh-uh, nope. Mm-hmm. Nah, I went took the comic books that I had was worth money. I took them to the comic book store downtown. I sold them, 
and took the money, came back, and I brought message to the black man. And then that's it. Wow. And I never you, went back. You I a, never you went, sold the I book for a book. Mm. Yeah, I sold the book and went and bought a book, and I never mm. read another comic book in my life after that. Mm. Wow. Mm. Never read, never read, it, and then that was it. And then that's the start of Chief Kamachi right there. So, so you when you that? when you when you were starting on your your uh your very first project that you was able to record and and put out, did you have a mindset like did you want to? Have any type of rock him influence in your first project? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at this point, away from his sound. Yeah, because at this point, it's like you know what I mean. That's my, that's my, um, that's my, uh, that's my blueprint. Mm-hmm. That's okay. my blueprint, right? That's my blueprint yeah. at the time. So yeah, I, you know, if anything, it was to get the Yeah, exactly. Right, mm-hmm. that's what it was. So it's like, if anything, I'm gonna be like my elder. That's the highest respect, mm-hmm. right? Is is to exhibit the same qualities that they exhibit. So I was like, I gotta be just as dope as he gotta be. I gotta be on that level. So once on sometime in the future, I'm gonna get the respect from this man. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You you never had that that feeling or or thoughts in your mind like, I don't want to sound like him. I don't want to get this because somebody's saying I'm trying no. to sound. Like him. No, because a lot of dudes sounded like him at the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you really go back and you listen to a lot of rappers sound like Rakim. Right. Even Will Smith. And, yeah, even in their own way. Yeah, a lot of them. You know what I mean? Sounded like him. In their own way, as far as the voice. You know what I mean? Or Peter Granddaddy IU. But you mm-hmm. listen to Granddaddy IU. Granddaddy had that same, he had that same energy that Rakim had. He had the slow flow. You know what I mean? He was spitting real shit. But he had the voice too. And a lot of a lot of them had a lot of them had that back then. It was a couple of rappers. You know what I mean? That right. had that. Whether they had it before him or after him, I don't know. I was a young buck. Right. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? I believe Parrish from EPMD had to go through that when they was trying to say he was sounding like Rakim. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. you. Oh, you don't remember that? Neither yeah. one of y'all. Y'all remember that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. EPMD got like a couple songs, a song or two where they actually like throwing some jabs at Rakim. Hmm. Right. Wow. Mm, okay, yeah, I think I yeah, I think I remember something along the lines of shit. Yeah, man. But nah, I never, yeah, like, I never like, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that was him. And yeah, then, like, too, but see, then was, too, I love G Rap too. You know what I mean? But I moved more. See, G Rap had the style, the lyrics, and all. Likewise, that. yeah, but um, but I still moved towards Rock. Rock Rocky was yeah. on a different level. Yeah, he was just he surpassed them. But I don't care what they said. Like it just didn't. It just didn't move. I think it, it was. A, I think like the way that. no one was breaking down the syllables in their verse in their lines in the words like Rockin was to me. It's like the way he's breaking his line. He was using multi-syllable words when before it was like cats was rhyming like, you know, cat hat type rhymes like you know, yeah. blow. That's you know, right. You know what I'm saying? Well, Rakim came and he, you know, lyrics of fury, my third eye make me sound like jury. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Man, you man, some of them lines are so profound, man. It's it's not even funny, man. To right? this day, it's still go over a lot of no dated references, man. Yeah, no dated yeah. references. Nope. Mm-mm. Some things that you can you can you can have you know, who timeless. You can elaborate for days on some of them lines and them songs. <laughs> Yeah, way to know. honor the elder tonight, yeah, yo. Yeah, Ooh, man. Yeah, I mean, so you know, so then once I got message to the black man, it was over after that. 
that right. that set the yeah that that molded that molded my style from mm. there right because now I'm in, now I know who I am okay right now I know who I am so now it's like okay now I got a chip on my shoulder too so now there's a certain aggression that's starting to come across in my music later on because now I feel like I've been bamboozled. Right. And now bamboozled, <laughs> right? Yeah, like y'all yeah. y'all been lying to me all these fucking years. Like, yeah, come on yeah. now. Yeah, so, so now, yeah. Question Mach is what one yeah. had to do with the other at the time? Like like it wasn't a hip hop experience. It was was it was it a it, like was, the, um, it was the book that turned your turned you yeah, to an MC? Yeah, yeah the, I was already an MC. The book changed my direction. Gotcha. Right? Because at that time I'm you know, I'm writing we you know what I mean? We rapping. We just rapping, right? It's no, it's no method to the madness at that time. Okay, right? pivoted you. Got yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Now, now I got, now I got a foundation. You right? got a core, yeah, foundation, a course yeah. of action. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, now I got direction. Right. I know where I know which way I'm going now. And right? and, and you enjoy going there. Yeah, yeah. Because because at that time, that's the way I was supposed to be going. Gotcha. And I got it so young. How so did you know you supposed to be going there? Was it confirmation internally? Yeah, it, is. it was. I just knew it, right? And it's, and at this time, I'm 14. 14. I'm 14. So I'm 14. I take and sell these comic books. It's worth money. Drop them off. And I come by a message to the black man. So I exchange Spider-Man for Farrakhan. Ooh. Wow. You know what I mean? Batman for, Elijah, for, the, for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, right? That's the, that was Yeah, because I met, I met you the very next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was wow. Uh, yeah. So, so right. So then I got that, and then um. So now I'm on a mission, right? Now I'm on a mission to study yourself, right? Now I'm in the crib, and I find Malcolm X, right? And my uncle had brought this joint home from Gratis for it. This was the jail copy, right? Ooh. So now I got I got the I got the official Malcolm X book, and I read through that, and then I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. Then I read Soul on Ice. I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm uh-huh. reading all these. I'm 14. I'm reading all these. 14. I'm reading them. Yeah, I'm running through them. You read, yeah. I read um read George Jackson, 14. I'm mm-hmm. pissed. You understand Blood what I'm saying? Eye. Yeah, yeah. I read that when I was 14 years old. I'm reading Blood in My Eye at 14. I'm a different mm-hmm. young boy at this time. Right? Yeah. And then I and then I'm still doing it. <laughs> soaking it in. <laughs> yeah, soaking it in. Yeah, yeah. So and and I'm in the street. So when I first read George Jackson, now I'm, I'm already fearless. But now after you read, you know, after you read Blood in My Eye, if, if that don't put the battery in your back, I don't know what will. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Either you bout it or you ain't bout it. That, that part, I'm ready. You. Yeah. If I, at that point, it's like, oh, I got this in me. This how I roll. This how I rock out. I'm ready to go out now. Yeah, whatever. Let's have it. Right. right. So now I'm fearless. I'm fearless with the truth. It don't matter now. So, yeah, so Message to the Black, that was a start right there, bro. That started it off. Exchanged the comic books for the jewels. And I never bought a comic book again in my life after that. That's that's an amazing story right there. Yes, man. So, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, that's how, you know, that that's so this where, you know, the conscious aspect of the play at. This is this is this where we spin off at. You know what I mean? That's where I get the direction that this is where I start to develop my identity. You understand what I'm saying? And then yeah. that's what I start pulling from. And that's what I, I noticed. I know I noticed like later on, like some of your later projects, 
to some of the people that it, it might have seemed dark as far as your uh the stuff that you was talking about spiritualized on some of the albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you enlighten on some of that? Oh yeah, I mean, so you know, as a, um, so you know, you know, as we progress, you know, you go from, you know, you go from um, I put it like this, and you know, and 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 you got you got you got two type of masons, right? You got you got speculative masonry, right, and you got operational masonry, right. So you got, you know, those you just read, they got theories and stuff, and then there's those who actually into the actual practice, right? So I moved from from studying and, you know, just studying and stuff, and then I moved more into the deeper internal sciences, right? Meditation. I started getting, you know what I mean? I started getting to a lot of other different stuff. Now I'm in the I'm in the Vodun, I'm into the Haitian sciences, I'm I'm in the Condomble, I'm in the I'm in the Palo Mayambe, I'm I'm in everything at this point, right? Because it's all our science. It's all under the, the veil of, of self, right? So bro, a lot of that's coming from all the different African initiatory systems and, and, and Latin initially Spanish initiatory systems and stuff that I was when studying. You was, that when, you was dive, when you was diving in some some of this stuff. Um, did you ever get like scared? Like, should I be fucking around with this? Or you always had that feeling of um this is this is my stuff, this is my people's stuff, and I don't have nothing to fear. I mean, well, you know, I mean it was you know, you start playing around on the dark side, you know, you gotta watch it. So at one time I was playing around on the dark side. Okay. Right? So um, oh yeah, it's always when you you know, you start dealing with cultures who 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 deal, you know, with 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 the with the with the uh with the cemetery spirits and you know different stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? Without really going into a debt, it's different. You know, everybody can't handle that, right? And it's it's really something that's ex- experience. It's something that you can't even really conversate about because if the person don't have no background in it and no frame of reference, they're not gonna believe you anyway. This shit, you gonna sound fucking crazy, right? You know and so you know, a lot of that stuff I was into, really, unless you was really into it. Two, you wouldn't even know what I was into. You know what I'm saying? But it's always okay. that dark side, you know what I mean? But yeah, some things happen. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, some things happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, some things definitely happen. You know what I mean? During them early years and, and playing with high explosives. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, when I first went to Paris, right? Let me tell you a story. I first went to Paris. The first thing I was doing, I was looking for the voodoo shops because I knew the Africans there had certain books and stuff that I couldn't get over here, even though they were yeah, yeah, in the United States. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, so in the hotel, right? And then one day I looked in the back when I looked out the window of my hotel and it was a cult bookstore that was right behind my hotel. It was there the whole time and I had never seen it. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking for one the whole time. It was right behind me. And then I went, finally went to the bookstore. I got a picture in front of it, too. And it was sitting right behind my hotel, right there. You know what I mean? You searching, you shall. Is, is, all, is all the literature in there <laughs> French or? It was all in French. Have, most like... of it, nah, most of it all was in French. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, you, how you translate? Did you have somebody translate? I don't know. I couldn't read none of that shit. I just just got what I could get. I don't think I could read none of it. I just wanted the books. I could look at the pictures. I know okay. I couldn't read none of it at the time, but I just needed to get into the store. I needed to be around the energy. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm okay. doing my research. You know what I mean? I'm doing my research and, 
you know, so yeah, so yeah, but um, yeah, that's where a lot of the darkest stuff come in at later on. Um, but you know, that stuff come from direct experience. So a lot of the songs and stuff, you know, people thinking nah, it's real. A lot of the story is real, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, that all go back, you know. But they always go back to fourteen. Yeah, you know, that was the start, and I never stopped. You now, know? one of your, your um one of your last projects that you put out was the Radio Raheem, was the Radio Raheem project. Mm-hmm. Now that that particular album, the sound is a lot more upbeat than some of your other stuff that you put out. Mm-hmm. Did you did you do that for a reason or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the whole yeah, because of the whole concept behind the album. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So you know, what I mean, I, I had to I had to you know open it up a little bit more. You know what I'm saying open it up a little bit more so that's you know that's why that album um still the same concepts they still buried in there but i was moved i was trying to i was actually where i was going with that like it was really setting it up to level it out to where to, to where i could bring more of my street element back into play you know what i'm saying because okay. a lot of that was buried underneath a lot of the other spiritual conscious rap and, and music it was in there but it was kind of buried underneath so radio raheem was me trying to bring bring that up to the forefront and then i started addressing a lot of that stuff that i never really talked about <clears throat> I, I touched on it but i never a lot of that stuff i never really 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 got deep heavy into so that was that was gonna be the catalyst, you know, for the for the next projects to come to where I start going to a whole another side of my other dark side of my background. So, you know, that's why that, that album a little bit lighter than everything else. You know what I mean? It's still one of my favorite projects though. <clears throat> yeah. It's an awesome it's an awesome album. Yeah, so that you know, that's why um, it so much different than your other projects. That's why I was asking that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that you know, but that 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 style and all that stuff, you know, I've been had them styles and all that shit. I mean, that's the one thing about um I think the rappers from the early nineties that I came up with was that we was about mastery, right? We was trying to we was masters of the craft, right? We studied the craft, right? We studied all the MCs. <laughs> Right, and you know, we study all the MCs, so we could pull from out of any jewelry box we need to at any given time. I got a frame of reference. If I'm in a West Coast beat, I I, can, I got I know all the West Coast rappers, right? I know the West Coast yeah, sound. All the flows that you might yeah, I know all them flows fit on a particular track. Exactly, yeah. The wordplay, just the vernacular, this, you know what I mean? The imagery, all of that. Like it was a certain way that they rap. And but you know in the '90s we was open to all that, right? So that was a good thing about a lot of guys I knew we was coming up. We listened to everything, even though Rakim was my favorite artist. I still had a very broad knowledge base about hip hop. Period. Okay. Period. I listened to everything, right? We listened to everything back then. Even I didn't like it, we heard it. So you know what I mean. So I had a uh, yeah, I had every tape. It wasn't yeah, we listened to everything. Whew. You know your, your shows the shows that you had to do over overseas and stuff, like what's what's some of your uh biggest songs that the people overseas may have appreciated more than the people man, over here in the United the States? People, man, the people overseas appreciate everything. 
period. They hit. They appreciate much, much period. More it's not, yeah, just this period. They just appreciate the culture. Period. It's it's here, so we used to it. So you gotta understand when 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 we start first going overseas, that first run of artists start running over there. Some of these countries, it's the first time some of these people ever seen a rap act ever in their life. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? They this yeah. and they know they know more about you than you do. That's yeah. amazing. They know everything. They know stuff. You like yo? Where y'all get? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Like I give you an example, right? I, I came to. This was spooky, right? So I went to Barcelona, right? And I got, I, no, no, no. I flew into Madrid. I had a show in Barcelona. I flew into Madrid, right? So promoters, they picked me up from Madrid, right? We get in the car and we about 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. They turn the radio on, right? And I hear my man bad news from 100X. And I froze. I was like, wait a minute, where y'all get this from? Like, how do y'all even know this? Like, this is my man. Y'all don't even know this. Is like, my OG right here. This is one of the OG lyricists from Philly. Like, he one of the greatest rappers from Philly. How do y'all know? Well, how did y'all get this? And I thought I thought it was a joke. I was like, maybe they tricking me. Like, And I was like, yo, I'm just sitting in the car. I'm stuck. I'm like, that's news. That's bad news. And I was like, yo, we, we y'all know about that? He was like, oh, we know everything. We, we know all the hip hop. And I was like, what? I said, but what was the chances of me getting in a car in Madrid, Spain, right? 10 minutes later, hearing my man's song that had been out maybe 10 years, kids when the shit came out. Wow. And they, and, they, and, they, and they planned it like it's brand new, right? And, and and he was one of my biggest influences in Philly hip hop early on. So you, you go back to, you know, early 90s hip hop in Philadelphia. You know, one of the illest top groups at this time is 100X. I know personally because me and my boys, we lost to him. <laughs> <laughs> so I know personally about 100X. Right. So, you know, it was, it was literally like 100 of them motherfuckers and it was like three of us. Yeah, yeah, Tom. Yeah, the, show, the show, the show was in West Philly or Southwest Philly, and we was from North Philly, so we already knew we wasn't going to win that. Yeah, so um, yeah, so you know, Hundred X is like top group North Philly. You know, had a Hundred X. Then we had um, man, we had uh, Task Force, right? West Philly. Um, yeah, Task Force was one. Task Force, you know what I mean? The youngsters. You know what I mean? LG, the teacher, they never get no respect. They never give LG his props, ever. He never gets his props when they talk about Philly hip-hop. For people for people out there who don't know, he's talking about Lawrence Goodman. Yes, sir. The OG, do your research and homework. You know what I mean? On the OG, LG, never gets his respect. You know what I mean? But he the godfather of, of, of Philly, of Philly hip-hop, period. Right? Period. There's no steady B. There's no cool C. It's none of that, right? Even going yeah, back, rock yeah, exactly. yeah, pop art. You know what I mean? So, um, so shout out to the OG. You know what I mean? Because they really laid the way. The youngsters don't get no respect either. But they was only ones that was out there really repping us at that time, right? So yeah. we coming up. When I'm coming up in the game, who out, right? Who was out from Philly, right, at that time? So. You know, I'm in Southwest, you know what I mean? Middle of the JBM era, Junior Black Mafia. We listen to Cool C just drop Glamorous Life. You know what I mean? I'm already cool. on the corner. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what everybody feels right. listening to. So, 
So now let's say back, go back a little bit, right? Let's go and back. Throw, and, I'm throw, and I'm gonna throw the tough crew in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to. What? Yeah, yeah. My have part to. of town was have was to really- have to. You have to throw tough crew in there. The, even for me to even forget that is crazy. Yeah, my, my yeah. part of town, that's really classic. And then it was all the way big, all the way down Miami, man. At that time. Hmm. Yeah, so let's go back a little bit before. So let's go back between like 11 and 12, right? So now Cool Seeing Them is out, right? Cool Seeing Them is out at this time. Glamorous Life Drop. I'm in Southwest, living in Southwest, middle of the junior Black Mafia era, right? Me and my man kind of stand guard for the Jamaicans at the time. You know what I mean? Right on Willing Avenue. We 11, 12 years old. We kind of like lookouts at the time. Glamorous Life is banging, right? We know we singing this every day. We doing the dance. You know what I'm saying? Everything. So Philly-wise, that was another influence. Like, because at that time, you know, we want to be fly and all that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, so Steady B and Cool C and another influence just from, from hometown. You know what I mean? As well as EST. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? The OG EST, you know, style never, like, one of the most unorthodox rap styles. You really listen to EST back then and see how articulate he was. It was it's crazy. EST, EST was a beast, man, back yeah, then. Yeah, you listen to how articulate the kind of lyrics that EST had back then, right? He was he was way beyond most of them boys that was out there. You know, one of my favorite joints from EST, which I don't know, one of my favorite personal songs is I Ain't Trying to Hear It. Pump the beat like this. That's my he had a whole bunch of he had a whole bunch that of my shit. I ain't trying to hear it. You know what I mean? So that's right before you know fourteen. So that's my eleven, twelve era. But I'm still rap. I'm still in the game. Rap. I'm trying to rap still at this time. Still. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 crazy, man. <laughs> yes, sir. You know what I mean? Tony Tone was the deli, baby. The tone clocked out. Yeah, yeah, but um yeah. They still say he connected though. Yeah, he probably still on. He probably gonna uh-huh. handle some BI shit. Yeah, so um yeah, so yeah, that early um man, early nineties is that was something special. But you know, that set everything up for the two thousands, right? Set everything up for the late two thousands, but yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, a lot of that. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, some of the other major influences back then, man. Cause see, Philly. I mean, back at that time, you know, uh, Philly hip hop. We was on the move, man. I was at every show, studying, watching. You know, what I'm saying, taking notes. And right. there's a lot, a lot of dope groups, you know, who never, never came out, you know what I mean, that I used to see back in the day that I love. It's like, wow, what happened to these guys? They, and I looked up to them, too, a lot of guys. Was Tim, was Tim Dog from Philadelphia? No, nah, Tim Dog's from Bronx. He's from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was from the Bronx. You know, some people did think Tim Dog was from Philly at one time. At one time, I think yeah, I remember people used to think that at one time that he was from Philly. I don't know why. I remember that though. I remember dudes was thinking he was from Philly when he came out with the fuck Compton John and all that. Yeah, dudes, I remember dudes thinking he was from Philly. I yeah. think sometimes they might get him mixed up with uh, what's his name? Who? Uh, 
uh, Schooly D. Schooly D. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, Schooly D and Tim Dog. You know, they look the same. They kind of had yep. the same flavor. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yep. With, the box, with the box and the shades and shit. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. They they sure did. Yeah, but they was on. Uh, yeah, so you know, Rock Kim, that was kind of you know the early makeup. Well, shout out to Schoolie D. Yes, who don't get no credit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. From my Schooly. understanding, he had the first the first gangster rap song. Yes, sir. Shit. Listen to Ice T. Yeah, Ice T said it right. He <laughs> said six in the morning from from PSK. So yep, there you go. Right there. Yeah, shout out to the OG Schoolie D. Nah, yeah. Parkside Killers, nigga. Yeah, Parkside Killers. The legend, you know what I mean? I had a chance to chill and soak up some game from Schooly on numerous occasions. Quite a character. (laughs) (laughs) He said quite a character. Matter of fact, all right, let's take it. All right, okay, check it out, check it out. So my first album, Coat Status, right? That picture on that front of that album cover was shot in Schooly D's apartment. In his wow, apartment. get the hell out of here. Yeah, yep. My man Micah at the time, he was working in, a, he had an office in Schooly D loft and, uh, that he had down in North Philly. He might still own it, I ain't sure, but yeah. And I, I, we actually filmed, we took the pictures and the photography and all that for the album cover in Schooly D's uh, building. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Classic shit, classic. Yeah, and actually, and Schooly D, and Schooly D had the um, he had the apartment, he had his loft set up like Scarface house. He had everything like Scarface had set up in the. What movie. you mean, like the black and gold and shit? Yeah, he had the shit laid out like Scarface. He had it laid out like Scarface apartment. One of them scenes in the movie had the John laid out like the movie. Damn. Yeah, but I took that picture, those pictures and shit for that album cover. That whole that was taken in Schooly D's uh, loft. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, shout out to the to the OG. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you want to uh, tell the people how you got hooked up with like guys like Darren and? Oh man, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. It's, oh man, so. Let's take it. Yeah, this is a nice story. It's a pretty interesting story right here, right? So it was a, you know, every city got a free paper, right? And um, we had, you know, always read the free city paper, boom, boom, boom. We used to look in the back of it for jobs and shit like that, you know what I mean? So one day I'm looking in the back of city paper. I see this record label advertising for auditions, right? And I'm like, Okay, you know, I'm shit. I'm trying to get a deal anyway, anyhow. I don't know no better. I'm like, let me call up, see if I give me an audition. You know what I mean? So I call up and I get, I get an audition, right? Then this is during the storm of 95, right? I want to say the mm-hmm. storm of 94, 95 in Philly. So uh, uh, I had the audition, right? I had to catch like two buses, shit, to get to this joint. And I get up there. And the, and the shit is closed, right? It's snowing, it's cold as shit, and there's nobody around, and I'm outside like, damn, right? So somebody called me. So I'm like, I'm looking around. I see these two dudes sitting in a Cadillac, like parked like in front of the building where I was supposed to be going to, right? 
So I walk over there. He's like, yeah, you here for the audition? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, come on, get in. So I'm looking. Hey, hey, get the motherfucker. I don't know y'all. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, hey, hold up. He's trying to set me up and shit. Yeah, hey, so I get in, right? So this is big white boy. He look like a straight mob boy. Now, he look like out of mob movie. Big ass stomach and shit. He driving. His stomach on the steering wheel. He got big ass curls and shit hanging down. Matter of fact, you know what he look like? Remember the movie uh, 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 Fatal Beauty? Yeah, Goldberg. Remember the dope exactly. boy with the white mint coat on in the beginning? The yeah, that's who he looked like. He looked like <laughs> yeah, he looked like a big Italian dope boy, right? So he's sitting like literally like a big Italian drug boss boy. So he's sitting in and driving, big ass, nice brand new Cadillac, and then the little short black boy is in the passenger seat. They all both old heads. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's fucking itchy and this look like some old fucking Danny DeVito type Arnold Schwarzenegger shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So he was like, yeah, you for an audition? I'm like, yeah, you know, they say blah, 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 the pipes busted some shit. He's like, yeah, we doing the auditions in the car. Man, like, that shit sound like some backroom bullshit. I was like, what? Man, listen, I'm shit. I'm, man, listen, I don't know no better. Shit, pop the tape in. <laughs> 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 pop the tape really, you really said that shit? Man, listen, pop the tape, man. Pop the tape in the Cadillac. I rap for these old motherfuckers in the back of the Cadillac in the fucking snow. That right. shit sound like a bad episode of Different Strokes. Right, so rap for these guys. <laughs> right. Boom, all right. So then I get, all right, that was it. I rap for them. Yeah, we're going to be in contact with you. Da, 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 da. Okay, whatever. All right, a couple of days later, I get a phone call. Yeah, hey, you know what I mean? To sign you, you know, we want to sign you. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, we had a bunch of demos and shit. You know what I mean? Boom, boom, boom like forty people, whatever. They picked me and, and and another group, and I was like, oh shit, wow, okay. So, the bull name was Frank, right? Funny as shit, big and fucking fat ass Italian nigga was named Frank. He was into some fucking mob shit or some shit. But he supposedly, I wasn't sure, but somehow he had connection to that song, Diamond in the Back in the Sunroof. I don't know if he was like a writer or no shit on that, but he had okay. some kind of like, he was in the industry somehow. And then the other boy name was Ed McCutcheon, and he was a manager, right? These niggas like good cop, bad cop type niggas, though. You know what I mean? So Ed McCutcheon was trying to manage me. He's like, yeah, so, you know, I don't know, man. This nigga in his 50s and shit already. Mind you, I'm like 15 at the time. Right. So, He's like, yeah, so I hook up with Ed. Ed come through, brand new Jaguar and all this shit. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, these niggas getting money. I'm on the block right now. Okay, shit, it's a check around. I'm sniffing. I'm sniffing for a wallet now. So, oh, okay, yeah, y'all want to say, okay, whatever. All right, find the money, right? So, so Ed McCutcheon come. Ed, he want to sign you, boom, boom. So I start talking to Ed. So then, <clears throat> at that time, uh, so now, you know, they get the paperwork together and all this shit, right? So my mom OD. So my mom in the hospital on the OD. I can't sign a contract because I ain't 16 yet. That's I ain't old enough to even, yeah, I'm not even old enough to sign a contract. So these grimy niggas fucking draw the contract up. Nigga, take, I go to the hospital. My mom signed a contract in the fucking hospital, nigga. Wow. Right, so I signed my first contract in the hospital with my mom after she OD'd, nigga. She in there fucking coming back. She just signed any for, yeah, just sign it right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, go get the money. If he could, they probably would have forged their fucking name. Man, that's when I that's why I ain't never trust a nigga in the music business again after that. They'd do anything. They'd do anything. They'd do Dude, anything. That's, that's pretty out there. Yeah, they'd do anything. So I find I saw I signed my first deal in Temple Hospital. Think about that, right? What kind of shit is that? What kind of manager take you to the hospital where your mom just OD'd and get her to sign your fuck, get her to sign her son the fuck over? Welcome to the music business, son. Yeah, welcome to the fucking dark side. Yeah, welcome to the That's fucking exactly dark side. Right? So, yeah, so this is my first deal, Temple Hospital, nigga. Seventh floor. Fuckers, we talking about. I never trusted none of them scumbags in the music business after that. That's why I stayed independent as long as I did. Because I knew if y'all would do that, y'all would do anything. You know what I'm saying? So so now, boom, now I'm in this contract with this guy, right? So he's sending me up New York every week, you know, to record, boom, 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 which is cool. I'm getting songs done, this and this and that, right? But he was an OG. He was an old head. He ain't really know what to do with no young artist like me. He's trying to get a check. And he was kind of like the bull from the five heartbeats. His wife, like, here you go again. You've been trying this shit. And here you go again. Wasting more yeah, money. Yeah. yeah, he looked like the nigga from the five heartbeats they managed. He looked just like that nigga. <laughs> He looked just like him, you know what I mean? So, you know, he coming through with the Jaguar. Niggas like, what you doing, Chief? They seeing me popping up a new Jags and all this shit. I ain't had none of all the money. I'm getting the spending money and, and Amtrak money every week to go to the studio. So now I get up, I get up, I start going to New Jersey every weekend, hooking up with the bull Darren, my man Darren, who, who was actually like really pretty much running the label I was signed to, which was called Libra Records. He was like the head of marketing and all that shit, but he had came from Rush Management. He was already working for Rush. Him, my man Big Mel, they was already in the game already, so I start coming up there with them every week, and then eventually, right, they put me on the back burner, right? The label put me on the back burner, and so then Darren mm. was like, so then Darren one day was like, yo, what's up with the, the kid from Philly? Like, what happened to him? Like, they pulled my tape up and shit, Darren sent for me, right? I Darren. And then Darren was like, man, fuck that old head. <laughs> you know wow. I mean? Darren's like, man, fuck that old head. You stand up here with us. He don't know what the fuck he doing. And that was it. I cut that nigga right the fuck off. So he seen something immediately and like, I'm not even waiting. I'm yeah. just going to immediately grab this young guy right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. He's like, man, fuck that old dude. He don't know what the fuck he doing. He holding you the fuck back. And then, you know what I mean? So then Darren took me under his wing. And then that's when I, you know, that's when I really learned the game. That's who really taught me the music business. Darren E. Johnson, you know what I mean? Big Mel, Jamel Hughes. That's who I learned the game from. They was already in the game. They had already sat around all these artists and watched them go fucking in rush management, begging for money every fucking week. I used to hear the craziest stories about rappers back then. Same rappers so running around we right now. It was really like a horror story for you. So that was like the real big reason why you wouldn't sign with like a big major yeah, label. Yeah, yeah, because I knew better. Darren had already schooled me. I knew all the tricks of the trade already. I was already schooled to the game. They was already in the game. They just had my best interest at heart. And then his girlfriend at the time, Tisa Williams, Tisa was one of the biggest publicists in the game. Right, she was her and her sister responsible for the Joe to see Albie Shore. You know, what I mean, all these Joe, all of them came through that same house that I was coming up to Newark, New Jersey, staying in. You know, what I mean, recording. Right, so you know, I had access to to the big dogs. Right, so the game that he got from her, I got from him. 
You understand what I'm saying? So I got the I got the big the big music view game when I was young. So I never never looked back from there. I was like, I'll never sign a deal with none of y'all. Y'all never hold me back. My album can't come out. Fuck y'all. And that was daring attitude. Like this our shit. We made that. Fuck them. Fuck that paperwork. We putting this shit out anyway. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And I always move like that. It's like you ain't holding shit up. It's coming out. And you can't stop it. What you gonna do? You gonna sue a broke nigga? What you think you gonna get? Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? So that was my attitude. I got that from Darren. Yeah, that, that, that had to feel good. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I stayed away from that major shit. Because I already knew what they did to artists. I, I heard the stories. Out from the it's, fucking... Because sometimes, cause sometimes it, as, a, as a fan, it makes me wonder how many classic songs I might have missed or couldn't hear because the label said no we don't want that song on the album yeah 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 like that shit is crazy you know what I'm saying then it turned around and got stuck in somebody's fucking bank somewhere like in somebody's vault and shit yeah man I wasn't you know that wasn't happening to me I wasn't you know you wasn't gonna tell me I couldn't put my creation out fuck you fuck you fuck your label this shit is coming out so that was that. So the the freedom part was more was more important than the um the financial part for you yeah, as an yeah, artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you ain't had no freedom, you ain't had no financials anyway. Gotcha. Right. They just cut it off. They could determine my check. They like, well, you know, we recorded now. We ain't putting it out now. And I got nothing out. I can't do no shows. I can't. What the fuck is it? I'm just gonna sit in McDonald's and shit till y'all decide to let me drop the shit, man. Fuck out of here. Right. You understand? And a lot of artists got in that situation. Like, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into this shit, and they're going to tell you you can't do nothing with your craft. You must be fucking crazy. You must be crazy. So I stayed independent. I stayed owning my shit. You know what I mean? Because that's how I was raised up in the game. Yeah, it was about that. And luckily, I got schooled like that early on. You know what I mean? I got schooled like that early on, so I never fell to that shit. I always knew the yeah. game. I knew the game early, early on. I heard the horror stories. I heard all the big time rappers coming in there banging for money because they didn't spend the budget and shit. Because Darren was working right with him. He was right in Rush Management office. So if you think about all the artists that Rush Management had back that time, I heard horror stories about every last one of them up in there begging for money every week. And I wasn't going to do one of them. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, Darren was like, oh, the contract get too thick. They scamming. Throw that shit in the trash because it ain't. I should need to be said. <laughs> yeah, that was like a rule he had. It's like, yo, the contracts start getting too thick. It's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be that much fucking verbiage. Yeah, it shouldn't be this much here, yo. This is a bunch of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so you know, that's 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 how I got set on the independent route, and I stayed there. I never moved away from it. Yeah, never even 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 after years, did you ever get that itch to say, well, maybe maybe I want to try it just once? Nah, because I try to get some type of big payout. Did you ever look at it that way? Nah, it was still the same vibe. It was like, yeah, if you give me the check, but it's still gonna be on these terms, right? Okay, it's still gonna be on my terms. If I take the check, it's still gonna be on my terms. But if y'all try to hold my shit up, I'm still putting it out. Fuck y'all. Gotcha. So it wouldn't matter. It's still coming out. I don't give a fuck who the fuck it was. You couldn't stop it. I'm leaking it myself. It's my shit. It's not yours. I don't give a fuck how much money you get. It's mine. 
I wrote it. You ain't write shit. I don't give a fuck what the fucking course. That shit don't mean shit to me. And what you saying that, it makes me also think how many artists actually bootleg their own stuff. Man, fucking yeah. hundreds of to these labels. Yeah, they had type of reasons. Yeah, they had to. They had to. Bootlegging. They had no choice. You understand what I'm saying? So right. how you got us hyped up and then don't drop the shit and you just so and that, you know that was what's happening. You know what I'm saying? You you're breaking up a little bit, Chief. I'm coming back. Hold up. You hear me? Uh, I can hear you now. Yeah. So, um, you hear me? Yeah. No, nah, we good. Yeah. So you just you sound know. a little low. Yeah. So they they messed everybody live here though, cause your boy your uh your buddy dropped out the uh, podcast. You hear me? Yeah, y'all know. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, they, they mess a lot of Bulls game up, man. And uh, I wasn't falling victim to that shit. That wasn't happening. Still not happening. Yep, so I stayed consistent with that. And I feel good about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit. I don't regret nothing. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to hold you up too much longer here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, we're just letting the people out here know who Chief Kamachi was and getting our first podcast off the ground. Anything you want to ask, sir? Yes, sir. Yep. So the Dope Kids Podcast one is a wrap. And we're going to see y'all in part two. Just giving y'all a little background, you know what I mean, on my history in the game. More to come with the Minister of Defense, Big T, your boy, Chief Kamachi, the dope kids. We see y'all on the other side. Peace. Peace.